Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Prevention 365 Podcast, where prevention is every day and every way. I am your host, Marlon Pasquale, community organizer here with ADAP, uh, working in the city of Inglewood. And today with me, I have Tracy Sarawatari, who is also a community organizer here at ADAP in the city of Gardena. 96,000, 96,000, why do I bring up that number? More than 96,000 people died in the U.S. due to overdose in the first year of the pandemic. That is a 30% increase from the previous year. During our times that we're living in, we're still in the pandemic. Overdose has been something that has affected a lot of you know, Americans, a lot of people in our communities, people that are close to us. So today we're going to talk about the importance of prevention work. So Tracy, uh, hearing that number uh, and just the work that you do, why do you believe that prevention works? And why do you feel that prevention is so important for our communities? Hey, Marlon, thanks so much for having me here. Yeah, prevention is such important work because Um, It's really important to let our communities know, and especially the youth that we work in, the dangers and the harms of substance abuse, how it could affect not only your health, but it can also affect the lives of your family. Um, It affects the brain development of youth. Um, And it's so important for people to get the right information, especially with the rise in the number of opioid deaths and fentanyl. Fentanyl is becoming rampant. Um, And it's important for parents and the communities to know that it's it's getting pretty easy for youth to access these substances. And um, it's scary. So it's really important for us to raise the bar and continue to educate our communities. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a parent. My, my son is almost two years old. So I remember growing up how things were accessed, right? I remember seeing them when I was younger, as early as middle school. I'm sure others have even seen during elementary school. So I definitely would like to know kind of uh, the ins and outs and be aware, right? So I'm aware so I can best speak to my son. And uh, there's, there was a report earlier this year. Um, so there's a relationship therapist, Dr. Laura Berman. She lost her, her son to overdose. Her son was 16 years old. Uh, the son contacted a drug dealer via Snapchat. And he got a Xanax pill that was laced with fentanyl. So I think we'll talk about fentanyl a little bit later. But that's a very powerful opioid that is being brought up a lot by the news. As a parent, I I wouldn't want that to happen to me. As a family member, community member, I would hope that my family members or my loved ones are not part of the 96,000 that we talked about. Uh, So kind of leading to that and learning and being more aware, how can you encourage the community members to maybe uh, participate a little bit more or um, let's see, Uh, What are some activities and events they can participate to learn more? Well, just recently, Marlon, um, last month, we recognized Red Ribbon Week. 
and that is a national celebration of bringing awareness to the um, the harms of substances. It was brought about um, because a DEA agent uh, lost his life in the fight for drugs, uh, Kiki Camarena, and. Every year there's a recognition for that, but it needs to go beyond just a week-long celebration or week-long recognition. It needs to be every day. We need to be talking to our youth and doing things like that. But in your communities, you can get involved by maybe joining an adult coalition uh, that focuses on that. In Gardena, we have one, Gardena Drug and Alcohol Abuse Prevention Task Force. Also with with ADAP, we have another adult coalition in the city of Carson, um, CSAP, Carson, Carson um, Initiative for Substance Abuse Prevention. I think that's right. And, so also, <laughs> and in um, El Segundo, there's Reach Out Against Drugs. So there are all way, a lot of ways for people to get involved within their communities. Um, if you're a parent, get involved with your uh, schools raise awareness in that way and and just talk to your kids about the dangers help them to make positive choices and good decisions so just have real conversations and not not to scare them in any way but just to give them the facts and to really educate them about the dangers that are out there so that everyone is aware and everyone stays safe yeah thank you for that response tracy um Red Ribbon Week is probably the most, the biggest awareness week or event for substance abuse prevention, right? Drug abuse prevention. Uh, so Red Ribbon Week was not too long ago. One of the events for Red Ribbon Week or one of, that falls every Red Ribbon Week is the DA National RX Take Back event. Uh, growing up, I didn't really hear about this event. So how can community members know about it? What is it? What does it entail? Can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, a prescription drug take back day event. It it only began in like 2010, 2010. So that's probably why you didn't hear about it when you were younger. Um, it's a day recognized so people can um, dispose of unused or expired medications in a safe way. They come to uh, a community event, maybe um, co-hosted with a DEA and a law enforcement agent. They host a day where people can bring their medications, um, drop them off, no questions asked, and then the medications get taken to a centralized location and disposed of properly. So they stay out of the waterways, they stay out of the hands of youth, um, curious hands of, of young people, and it, and it helps our communities to stay safe. And in addition to the RX Take Back Days, a lot of the police departments and the pharmacies have 24 hour um, prescription drop off boxes where people, nice. if they have medications that they, you know, didn't finish the whole prescribed amount, they can take them and they can be disposed of there. So there's a lot of more ways that people can stay safe. Yeah. Um, the DEA does a great way to advertise the national take back events. They have a website dedicated for that. If you just put RX take back event, you'll go find the DA website on the bottom. There's a link to see those local drop offs. Where are they in your local community? Here in Inglewood, we have three uh, drop off locations. So we're very happy that we have that in Inglewood. Um, I, I do have some numbers from the RX take back event in our region. So we work in the South Bay area of Los Angeles. Uh, 
the RX Take Back event in Redondo Beach, there was collected 747 pounds of prescription drugs. Uh, now Segundo was 222 and Gardena was 144. And then in Long Beach was 940 pounds. What, what strikes me when I hear these numbers is like, wow, this was really a collective effort. This was really a partnership. Uh, you mentioned the DEA uh, partnering with the local law enforcement, but the community really drives this, right? Either to plan it and to bring and be responsible with the prescription drugs, right? So, so it's not being misused or it's not being thrown away, right? It's being responsible to make sure it's uh, disposed of properly. And one thing that you mentioned earlier, and I want to see about that collaboration piece, is you said there's local coalitions. So in Gardena, there's GDAP, right? Yeah. Can you tell us who's in GDAP, how you can participate, how the coalitions work in your community? Maybe we can participate. How, how does that work? Yeah, the adult coalition GDAP um, is made up of um, partners, community partners. We partner, we have partners from the law enforcement. We try to reach out to local um, organizations, maybe like the Boys and Girls Club, the Parks parks and Rec. And it's, it's a collaborative effort to come together to raise awareness about substance abuse prevention, um, community involvement, um, working even with city council sometimes to get local policies passed. Right now in Gardena, we're working to get a uh, flavor ban, a ban on flavored tobacco products being sold in the stores. So, and the only way that we can push it forward even further is to get the voices of our community members to be raised at city council for them to speak about their concerns. And even the youth, the youth voice is huge. And we do have youth that we partner with um, high school task force from that we work with at Gardena High School that are kind of like an offshoot, like the baby of Gardena GDAP um, mm -hmm. that we kind of foster and we kind of bring them up to be, become advocates of their own as well. Well, that's, that's awesome. Um, all, all I can think was you amplify, these coalitions amplify the community's voice. When I think of uh, elected officials, our voices are heard every two to four years, right? In these elections. But the fact that you have access to them, you're using your voice constantly, right? You're constantly being heard. You're educating and uh, empowering these youth so they can get involved and their voices are heard. So I, I, I really appreciate that answer. It, it's a really a community effort, different parts of the community. We're all as one. And to have an effort to kind of back up substance abuse prevention, whether it's ordinances, right? Local ordinances or event planning. So thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. Besides you being a preventionist, uh, Tracy, I know you're a mom. Uh, you're, you're very good at being a mom because there's things that I prepare for an event and you're like, oh, I already packed it. <laughs> you're very, you're, <laughs> you're very, very good at being a mom. Is there other lenses besides being a preventionist to, for you to see why, you know, substance abuse prevention is important or drug abuse prevention is important? Yeah, you mentioned me being a mom. I mean, that's my heart and soul. My, my boys mm -hmm. are 18 and 23. 
And, you know, I think all along raising them, I never really explicitly told them, don't do drugs. Don't, it's bad for you. Um, I didn't use those words per se, but I led by example um, of being, making sound decisions, making sure that they saw that um, if I did drink a glass of wine, it was with dinner or I didn't overuse or things like that. Um, and mm -hmm. if they had questions, we, we, we answered and my husband and I would talk to them about it as well. So I look at it through the lens of being a mom first and foremost, because I do work with youth and I think about, well, how would I phrase what I'm trying to teach these youth to my boys? Mm -hmm. So it's always with kind of with that lens and also with the lens of just being someone who cares about my community, about the community mm -hmm. that I work, work in and wanting to kind of, um, like you said, foster the relationships that I have within the community. I mean, I've been able to make connections with uh, the chief of police, where he has me on, I mean, we're able to speak to each other, we're able to text each other, if something comes up, he says, mm -hmm. you know, just text me and let me know what's going on. And I can do that. And it, it's just great to know that there's that support, and that backing of our efforts and my efforts. I mentioned earlier that um, my son is a year and a month, almost so for me, I kind of echo a lot of the sentiments that you're sharing. It matters to me where I'm raising my son. And if my community participates in Red Ribbon Week, RX Take Back, uh, participating in coalitions, being having their voice amplified and being heard, that that matters to me, right? So uh, South Bay, South Bay is the home, my home. I lived in like four or five cities here in the South Bay, and I've been active here for, for quite a while now. And I do want to, like, like you said, you led by example. I want to lead my son by example, by participating. Whether it's coalition building, it's uh, learning more, uh, attending uh, presentations, working with uh, the council members, whomever, right? Where I raise my son is important, and I have to take a stake in that, right? I have to be active in that. I can't, you know, say idle if I want to ensure, you know, this is the community I want to raise my son in. So I, I appreciate that answer. And I do see it that lens. Um, you know, my background. Uh, so, um, you know, I'm from Guatemala, so Latinx uh, background. A lot of, uh, I would say, in our culture, in our community is we we don't know, like, what we're, what we're supposed to do with prescription drugs. As an example, that's, that's been a, a theme in this conversation. Sometimes it's shared. Oh, you heard where I heard? Here, use this. And sometimes we get something that we bring from out of the country that maybe it's not approved for some whatever reason. It's not prescribed by a doctor. So that's considered misuse. And to know that there's places to drop them off year-round or there's events twice a year, the DAARX take back event, April and October, um, to learn more, I think goes a long way. Uh, I, I have some numbers of opioid overdose. Op so RX prescription drugs is considered opioids as is fentanyl. And from 2016 to 2019, the overdose rate for Latinx population in California nearly doubled. That's pre-pandemic. So remember the pandemic had a 
large increase, 30% increase in overdose deaths across the, the United States. And from 2015 to 2019, the prescription opioids specifically accounted for a uh, 138% increase in overdose deaths amongst the Latinx population here in California. So that matters to me, right? That That's uh, something from my background and my culture. So doing that. Aside from that, I do have family members and other ones in the community that I know that, you know, uh, they don't have proper housing. So homeless. A lot of homeless don't become homeless because they had a drug addiction. That usually comes afterwards. And what we're seeing here in the Los Angeles County, and I, I have it here too, is that the overdose numbers amongst the homeless here in LA County are rising. And a lot is due to fentanyl, which is an opioid. And that said, the 2020, by the end of that, they had a record high of 1,383 deaths. So the the reasons why I share all this is because overdose cuts any way in our society. We had a 16-year-old whose mother was a doctor, imagines an affluent background. We have a large group, the largest ethnicity, ethnic group in California, the Latinx population that is suffering from this as well. Uh, we have a, a part of our a society that for the most part, a lot of us sometimes don't care for the homelessness and they're dealing with the same thing. We looked at 96,000, right? The number I started with 96,000, this happened across the United States. So no matter how you cut it, it's gonna affect or reach us. So thank you for this. Uh, you know, I don't know if you want to follow up on that, Tracy, but that to me is why prevention is important. I I get to tell my people in my neighborhood, you know, about the effects so they can make the best decisions possible. As a parent, uh, as a community member, right, uh, as an elected official, however, but me understanding me getting that prevention effort is important. So I don't know if you have something to follow up on that. Yeah, I mean, you said you said it all right there, Marlon. I think it's so important for us to make sure that we share the information that we learn being in the field with our family members, with our friends, so that they know, um, you know, it, it's it's all about educating, you know, your your family members and letting them know, hey, we shouldn't be taking that thing that we don't know that hasn't been re- regulated, or we should dispose of it this way or that way. Um, it's all about making sure that the people we know and care about that are the closest to us really know what we're learning. Mm-hmm. I'm all, I'm constantly sharing with my family members things that I read. Did you know this? Did you hear this? Mm-hmm. So I'm always sharing information so that they stay up on the latest information. And that's how we keep people safe. Yeah. Yeah. We, we use our collective voice, you know, and the collective responsibility so for, our, for our communities where we're active in our communities. Well, uh, that's essentially what I had to talk about today. Uh, Tracy, thank you so much for, for coming on and, you know, sharing your thoughts and all the work that you're doing in Gardena. Honestly, it's tremendous work. Um, and all the cities in the South Bay, our partners across LA County and our friends elsewhere, the rest of California, United States. There's a lot of prevention work being done. Feel free to to search 
Uh, there's a lot of different research, uh, resources. One I would recommend is CATA, specific on coalitions. So uh, we wanna thank everyone uh, for, for listening uh, and the importance of prevention. So we'll conclude this discussion of Prevention 365 podcast where prevention is every day and every way. Have a great one. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.